Are you ready to become a VIP? Do you have a cell phone that you can text on? Then consider this an exclusive invitation. As a VIP, you will receive special secret offers via text. These items are usually free and they are always must-have craft supplies from beloved brands. Send us a text and become a VIP at scrapbook.com. Welcome to the Life Handmade Podcast by Scrapbook.com. This is the show for paper crafters, and I'm your host, Stephanie Foster. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with the talented Diane Reevely. She is the creator of Delusions by Ranger Inc. and has an entire line of inks, rubber stamps, stencils, and the most incredible art journals. Diane teaches workshops worldwide in her eclectic style and owns the Art from the Heart Shop and Studio. In our interview today, Diane really opens up about her struggle with chronic fatigue syndrome and mental illness, and how art and creativity has helped her get through some of the hardest times in her life. She talks about the importance of moving past the fear of failing at art, and the many benefits that come by creating things by hand. She is such a creative artist and designer, and I think you're really going to be encouraged and inspired by her interview today. Diane, thank you for joining us in the studio today. Thank you for inviting me. So you are truly an artist in every sense of the word, everything I think of when I think of an (laughs) artist. So let's start back at the beginning. Tell me about growing up. What was your experience with art and crafting back then? Um, So I loved art at school, but I, I never conformed. I know that's hard to believe, but I would never conform. I would never do what they wanted me to do. Um, but I really enjoyed it. But we 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 couldn't afford much at home, so it was only at school that I did it. And then in when I got to second, we call it secondary school. When I got there, um, I was told not to pick it as one of my subjects, really, not to because pick art. Yeah, because when you get into secondary school, you're supposed to do again. It's different. We could, well, you know, I'm old. It's a long, long time ago. Um, it's nearly fifty years ago. But um, you had to do like still life, and you had to draw with charcoal, and you had to. And I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to splash color everywhere, and I wanted to go outside the lines. So I was just persuaded that if you decide to not take it, because if you do take it, we're not going to let you anyway. So Wow. Uh, <laughs> I wish I so, could see you now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I do wonder that. But uh, so then I did more linear things. I did building construction. Um, and because there's two sides of me. There's the, the sort of the messy, the free. Mm-hmm. And then I like things that are very linear, very exact, very, very doodly. So I did that. But I would never have thought I was arty. Never called myself arty. I've always sewn, always made my own clothes. Okay. And eventually so. you were going to law school or applying to law school? What, I had how did you... um, four children, very young. There's only five years between them and I had a very bad marriage. So I was removed from the marriage. The kids were little. So I did all the barmaid, cleaning, you know, mm-hmm. all the jobs to, like that, really. So and then I was coming up to my 30th birthday and I just thought, is this it? Is this going to be my life? I mean, I loved my kids, don't get me wrong, but is this all I'm um, going to do? So I decided to go back to college. So I did um, a, an access course, it's called then. And then I went to, I did my A-levels. I'm not sure what your equivalent would be here, but I did A-levels in law and politics. And I actually got an unconditional um, entry into law school, which again was quite, you know, that was a big thing to do. But things 
facts, figures, things that are correct, I I really enjoy. So I was doing that and it was a struggle because I was still working three jobs and the kids were, you know, I still had four kids to look after on my own. So busy. And yeah, very. And um, then I fell ill. I um, I actually banged my head. We're never sure if it, we think it was coincidence. I banged my head really badly and got concussion and then never got out of bed for nearly two years. And I actually had chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Some people call it myalgic encephalitis. Um, so I was bedroom for, for nearly two years and I was ill for another five or six. So all my hopes then of having a career were just were just gone, really. Kind of my in ki- survival mode at yeah, that point, Yeah, right? my kids were still quite young. The eldest, Ben, he was only about 11. Um, and li- it was, life was tough. Um, I used to read a lot, but my, my eyes, I really struggled with my eyes when I was ill. So um, I'd watch television. I'd watch some television. And it was when things... that were, the upcycling was just coming in Mm -hmm. so people were painting plat pots and chester drawers and things like that and my mum actually bought me some paint and some terracotta plant pots and I used to paint them in bed once I'd gone through the really bad period with with uh, chronic fatigue you have you'll be like well for a month and then you'll be ill for four months so it was backwards forwards and I used to go into a local art shop buy better paints better brushes things like that and after a while of going in they offered me a job and I was like oh I can't really do much but I used to have I used to work for three and a half hours on a Saturday morning and I had to go to bed on the Wednesday to get ready for it and then I was like in bed till the Monday to recover but it made me feel me again so I used to just work in the shop for paints really and they used to teach classes and one day it was the glass painting class and the teacher didn't turn up and we had all the people waiting there so they shoved me into the classroom to teach and I I was like I just don't know but I knew that little bit more than they did so I taught and people said that was great can you teach another so I taught another and I taught another and I was like oh I like this you know um because I was teaching myself at this at the same time and my kids were still little and then we used to teach a kids class at the at the shop so I used to teach it and then the owner decided he was stopping the kids class because children don't spend money so he decided he was cutting the class so the parents were quite distraught so I took them around my kitchen table so that's how I started with four kids around my kitchen table and I used to teach my own kids as well and then it got where I had or I had six classes on a weekend there was kids in and out the house I was teaching them my kids were getting a bit fed up because they couldn't be in their own home so I got a little studio and taught the kids in a little studio and um my dad died and so I just threw myself into work and I started teaching adults as well and then I moved studios then I moved to another studio and then I had a big studio in a shop and my kids started coming home from uni and working for me and and that was it it was like an accidental career but and you still have that studio yeah still have that studio we went smaller we had a bigger one and we used to do the shows all over the country and um then uh, my mum died and that was a big transition for me and we actually went smaller because then I, I met Ranger and things like that as well. I'd met Ranger before, I met Ranger at a show. I met Alan, who is one of the bosses at, of Ranger at a show and I was demonstrating, oh my gosh, what they're called, Pebbles, Inks, Chalks. That's mm-hmm. how long ago it was. And he was quite fascinated with what I was doing and I hadn't a clue who he was and it was Tim's first time teaching in the UK. So everybody was all over Tim 
And he was like, are you not in Tim's class? And I'm like, well, being in Tim's class doesn't put food on my table type of thing. Um, so we struck up, we just, and then we kept seeing each other at different shows and we struck up a bit of a friendship really. Um, and then one year he was like, I think it was 2006. He was like, are you coming to CHA? And I said, oh, I don't know. Cause I had no money. And he was like, can you come and demo for me? And I was like, oh no. Wow. Anyway, I did. So I used to demo the pearls for them. So we became, we became really friendly, really. But I was, and then I had, I had my own product in the UK. I had some similar products. I had some paints and inks and powders and things like that. But we, you know, me and Ranger were, we had a good relationship, friendly, friendly, yes. really. I'm like the, the older sister. There, so, um, well, that's neat. If we go back to, to when you were in bed for so long, I mean, that art sounds like it really saved your life, you know, that you oh, had something to, to fill your time yeah. where you felt productive yeah. and you were creating. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 and, and then, and I went in with it knowing I was going to be rubbish at it, but I couldn't sew because my eyes were bad and my feet, you know, your joints, everything I hurt. So it was simple stuff at first. I could, all the stuff that I loved to do, I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so I just used to do this and enjoy it. And I went into it knowing I would be rubbish. So when I was rubbish, I didn't care. It didn't really matter. And it helps if you've got four young children in the house who adore you because everything is wonderful. Oh, oh my gosh, look at that. Oh, she's so, I'm so proud. She's so <laughs> wonderful. And there's actually a painting hanging in my studio that I did and it was 96, 1996, because it's signed. And all it was, I put some acetate over the pages of a book and traced, it was folk art, traced, trying to practice the strokes over the top. And I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, look what I've done. And the kids took it and had it framed for me and they were so proud. And I was so proud. And um, it hangs in my studio to this day. So it's it's been there nearly 30 years and it's the biggest pile of crap you've ever seen in your life. It really is. How, it's awful. But, but I'll never forget how it made me feel. That's just it. It, yeah. it, it is so satisfying yeah. making something mm-hmm. by hand. Yeah. And I think in today's world where it's all digital and technology yeah. and we're on our phones and our screens. Totally that we are missing out on that so much if, if totally. we don't craft yeah. and create. And mm-hmm. what, whether it's cooking or sewing or yeah. gardening or woodworking, whatever it is, it can yeah. bring so many benefits even to if us. It's, even if you don't do it well, that's the big message yes. I want to say. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that you've done it. It's just such an achievement. And I keep that there to remind me. People come in and they'll go, oh, has one of your grandchildren done that? And I, <laughs> I go, no, I did it. And they look at me and they say, seriously? I'm like, yeah. I did. That was one of the first things I did. So, well, and that's yeah. so great for them to see because you didn't start out. No, people think you do. People yeah. think you're and trained. And some do have a gift. Yeah. Some have a talent. I've got a niece who is so artistic and it's so beautiful to watch. And mm-hmm. um, But I think some of us look at that and think, well, I don't have that. So why even try? You know? Yeah, that, that's the thing. But why think, even try? And it is just, just try. And we're in this world where people are judged all the time. You've got to be good at something. So people are frightened to try. And it just, that's why journaling is so good because you're doing it for yourself. And so if you make a big mess, who cares? Yeah, we need to just start playing and experimenting Mm -hmm. and practicing a little bit more. Um, There's a quote that I love by Carrie Barron. She's a psychiatrist and um, co-author of a book called The Creativity Cure, How to Build Happiness with Your Own Two Hands. And she says, creating something with your hands 
fosters pride and satisfaction, but also provides psychological benefits. When you make something, you feel productive, but the engagement and exploration involved in the doing can move your mind and elevate your mood. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Because touch, touch brings connections. Um, you know, just and so by doing it by hand, by actually touching it, by feeling it, creates a bigger create uh, connection inside you. So it does, and it can also when when you're crafting and you you lose track of time because you get into that <laughs> flow state. Yeah, it does so much good for your body and your mind yeah. as well as you relax and you just mm-hmm. are focused on what you're creating and yeah. kind of your other worries. You know, you're not thinking of those as much. So yeah. there's so many benefits. Definitely, lots of benefits to creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, about your mom passing. That was a very difficult time, and yeah. what that led to it was a difficult time. It was. Um, I've always known I was different, and I had quite. Um, not necessarily good relationship with my mum. My brothers and sisters would probably say they had the best mum in the world, but I, we re, we clashed, we really struggled. And I wasn't diagnosed with my mental issues till after she passed. And I wonder what would have happened if we'd have done it before. So I was just classed as the naughty one, the bad one. I remember my brothers and sisters were very quiet and two of them were really ill. So then you throw a little ADHD child mm-hmm. in there and it's it's just hard and my mum had a hard life really my dad was always working away um but I remember going to Sunday school one day skipping along I can even remember what I was wearing I was only five and when I got there the nun said I'm sorry Mr Stead but we can't cope with her today Aww. and that so that's how I felt that I just knew I was different so I always felt bad I was always the naughty one I was the bad one um the left home when I was 16 Married the first man who said he loved me. I had a terrible marriage, etc. Mm-hmm. And then was estranged from my mum for a lot of years. But after my dad died, we started getting to know each other again. Um, and it, it was lovely. And we had a, we did have a lovely relationship then. She used to come up to the studio. She wasn't artistic. I used to stamp things out for her so she could colour. Mm-hmm. She didn't want any of that messy stuff, but she would colour. And she used to make tea for the ladies. and Because th- oh, my dad nice. never saw me in business. My dad never saw me in business at all, but my mum sort of did that. And she died very, very suddenly, very suddenly. And Tim, uh, Tim Holtz was um, a... I was with Tim and Alan. We were at a show, a trade show. And when I came back, you know, I came back and I was just back in time. And I, it was a, a massive shock to me. And I had to teach 40 people the next day. Mm. And I'd always done, I was still cutting and sticking and had lots and lots of backgrounds that because I used to demo for Ranger. And I remember seeing this image in a magazine and it was a famous advert. I can't even remember what it was now. And it was a woman in black. It was mainly her head and she had pearls on and big red lipstick and big sunglasses. And that's how I felt. I felt I've got to put this mask on and I've sort of got to go and teach. So I did. And then I had a bit of um, a bit of a breakdown. I had a breakdown and everything just came out it was a bit like peeling an onion so at that time I was diagnosed with bulimia I had bulimia for 40 years which was due to um um child abuse mm-hmm. in, not from not from my parents but child abuse that had been I'd never mentioned and never done and then I was also diagnosed with it was just one after the other so I was diagnosed with rapid cycling bipolar and ADHD and everything started clicking into place everything just started oh this is why I am it like makes I am. Sense. Yes. yes so where I'd always been I'm very unsociable because 
I, I'll, I'll talk to people, but then I go away again because I always thought people thought I was odd and I was weird, and which I was. But then the best thing my psychiatrist said to me was, you know, the things you do are normal for somebody like you. Mm-hmm. And that, at that made me feel so much better. It was amazing. And so then I started accepting all these things and just accepting that's the way I was. And my relationship with Ranger carried on. Um, I was still doing my thing. I was demoing for them, etc. And then we decided to merge. Um, but at one point, I would never have been able to do what I do now because I used to have, I'm the manic, I'm the rapid cycling bipolar. So mm-hmm. I go very high. And I used to have lots of these manics where they would last anything between three and five, six days. And I used to just shut myself in my bedroom. Uh, My art was fabulous, (laughs) but I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. I didn't wash. I didn't, you know, all these things. And, um, and there was, I thought there's no way I could have a career elsewhere because with all these manics and I really, the more I journaled and I didn't realize I was an art journalist till people kept telling me, but the more I journaled, they, um, the more, time I took and I couldn't read and I was a massive reader I used to love to disappear into my little world so I started listening to talking books so I would put headphones on listen to talking books and my psychiatrist said to me one day um you haven't had a manic for a long long time what's going on and I suddenly realized I was like oh my gosh no I haven't and he said what are you doing differently and I said well you know I'm doing the journaling I'm doing the writing and blah 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 and he said yeah and I said I can't think I said oh I'm listening to talking books more and he said um in headphones and I said oh yes because I can't cope and he said that's what it is and he explained to me that when you listen to something that you've got to listen to it's not music and not like background television But when you're listening, really listening to something, that's one side of your brain that starts working. And the more you do it, the better it becomes. So your brain starts working more efficiently. And then when you're doing, so when you're knitting, sewing, doodling, writing that I was doing, that's the other side of your brain. So you get both sides of your brains working really well. And then the two merge together. And so when your brain is working fully, you can't have a manic attack, you can't have a panic attack. And it was just amazing. It's and this, fascinating. this is 10 years ago. And I've had one little breakdown since, touch wood, and that was my own fault. But I haven't had these massive manics. So doing what I do and listening to talking books has given me a life. So do you tend to do that still? Then you like always. to listen as you're creating? Always, always. On a Such plane, a you'll tip. see me on an airplane. You'll see me everywhere. I don't have a television. I have these on. And then I joined Ranger. Um, and now I travel all over the world teaching for Ranger. But my big thing, I always think it's always somebody higher than you. And I think the reason I, I used to think, why am I, Why is this happening? Why is my marriage broken down? Why, have, you know, all these different things. Um, why did I get chronic fatigue? And I think it's because my higher power, he said, he was like, she's going on the wrong way again. And I, he, he threw all the, I had a hysterectomy when I was young and all kinds of different things. And I, he threw all these things in my path and I just ignored him and carried on. So he wiped me out. And I think this is what I'm meant to be doing. And it's not necessarily the art. I'm not the best artist in the world. I think my mission through art is to talk about mental illness. And I start every single class, every single class I say, 
I have mental illness. You know, there's not, mental illness is nothing to be ashamed about and neither is talking about it. I think it's so wonderful that you are sharing it with so many mm-hmm. because we, everyone can relate. If they don't have a mental illness, they yes. have a family member who does. Correct, they do. So yeah. everyone is impacted yeah. by it. And I think mm-hmm. by you sharing your story yeah. um, and, and giving them hope that, yes. you know, through art yeah. and through your mm-hmm. journey, you know, you've been able to, yeah. to, overcome it and uh-huh. to be able to to manage it yeah. and that is I so still inspiring struggle, but sure. nothing like I did I still you know have anxiety and I still have lots of little rituals that I still have to do I'm sat here with my slippers on because any interview or anything I have my slippers on because if I don't mm-hmm. the sky will fall down so mm-hmm. I, you know I'm not cured but I it's given me a whole new life and I just want other people to realize that they can be however they are it doesn't matter. And art just brings us all together, you know. And for the person who told me not to continue with art. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Look at you now. So your art journals are gorgeous. And you've, you. you've filmed some amazing classes with scrapbook.com that um, I, I could sit there and watch them for hours just as you put the stencils down and you're spritzing and you're painting. And it yeah. just, it looks so gorgeous. And I also love that your art journals that some come with those backgrounds already in there. So yes. I can feel like an artist while Correct. I'm journaling, even if I'm people not. People <laughs> are frightened to start. So my idea was, look, in, when I do a big class, a full class, a beginner class, I make them tear pages out of the journal and I make them spread a mess on the page. And then I go, oh, it's ruined. Now we get on with it. And yes. it's just that you just need to give people a little bit of confidence. So yeah. What other yeah. tips would you give for someone who's not done art journaling with mixed media? Where where would you have them start? Just start and never start on the first page. If you start on the first page and you don't like it, you're going to look at it every time you open the book. So you just, you know, just open your book anywhere. And if you just put some paint on your hand and rub it on a page, that'll be the worst page in your art journal. So every other page is going to look better. Okay. Do you see what I mean? And I also tell people to get over themselves as well. You know, these are probably not going to be handed down from generation to generation. It's just a book you're doing for yourself. We need to look at it differently than a scrapbook layout that we might want to preserve forever. Yes, totally, totally different. different, Totally different. And if you don't do bad pages, how do you know if you do good pages? Mm -hmm. But we're so critical of ourselves. We wouldn't say to other people the things we say to ourselves. So everybody's an artist. Everybody was born an artist. If you ask a group of four-year-olds, how many artists, they all put their hand up, Mm -hmm. okay? And then they draw, if you say draw a horse, they draw a horse. It looks nothing like a horse to us, but they can draw a horse. And then the minute you go, "Mm, that doesn't look like a horse, they're no longer an artist. So when they get to age 14, if you ask a group, maybe one. So all I'm trying to do is say, you were all artists, you've just forgotten You've forgotten what you were doing and I'm here to remind you and, you know, start again. And that's how it is. We all could, nobody could write. Do you remember when you were first writing your name? And you just, I used to do dots for my grandchildren and write it. We can all write. Yeah, it just takes practice. And and throw the rules out the window because whatever looks beautiful to you is is art. Yeah, and never let anybody tell you that what, art is very subjective. So don't let anybody tell you what you're, I have fans who adore everything I do. And I have fans who think I'm, uh, people who think I'm the most ridiculous thing walking the earth. Just have to find your style yeah, of it what doesn't works. matter. It doesn't matter at all. Just have fun. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. That's great. Well, what, your newest line that's coming out, let's talk uh-huh. about that for a minute. Uh-huh. What are you most excited about? The collage, the collage papers. People think collage is really hard. 
and it's not. So hopefully, a bit like the journals that have the ready-made pages, to have these ready-made images that people can just cut out. Because they come on a sheet. They come on a sheet. They come in a packet. I've done two packets and the 16 large sheets, which is American letter size. And then I shrunk all the designs. So there's eight sheets with them shrunk as well. And there's two different sets. And you just cut them out and you stick them in. Okay. So, and I just, um, yes. Anyone can collage with these Anyone collage Anyone can collage. So and all you exciting. need to do is you need a head, you need something that's a body and you need a legs and Put that's it. it. Put it together. Yeah. So I'll be doing a lot like more. Yes. I'll be doing a lot more collage like that. And, and your paints are great too. Your paints are in a changed, new bottle. Yeah. We've transitioned the paint. We used to be in the jars. When I was in England, I always had paint in a jar. Um, but in England... We don't have things like humidity, the, the, you know, stuff. So I was adamant I wanted these paints in a jar. And they've been great and I still love them. But depending where you live in the country, because that jar was very, when you took the lid off, there was a big open space. The air got in and they can dry quicker. And if you're not careful and you don't look after them, they can dry up. So that it started to become a problem over here and I started hearing this more and more. So we decided to go smaller. So I've put them in a little bottle, just a small one, flip one. It's the same fabulous paint. It's got a little flip lid. And, and I think um, they fit perfectly in the scrapbook.com color cases. I'm walking away with their color cases. Yeah, they fit. <laughs> out, honestly, it's like they were made for them. Yes, so they I were. was like, ooh, beautiful colors. So you'll see me when you see me demoing <laughs> and at shows, you'll see me in those with those cases oh, as well. Great. Because the bottles, the flip is on the bottom. Most bottles have the flip on the top. But then when you start getting the paints more than halfway down, you have to shake them. So the flip is at the bottom. So we've changed. the. So you'll sit some for a while now. You'll see jars and you'll see these little bottles. I've also brought out six new ones. I've called them my cocktail range. And they're a slightly different formula. So they are very, very neon, very luminescent in color as well. And they are, I'm just loving those. Bright and beautiful. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So. Well, unfortunately, we are running out of time, but we do have a few questions we like to ask each of our Certainly. guests. What is your go-to product right now that you can't live without? I can't live without pens. And it's not just now, it's all the time. Um, I Whether I'm using just, I, I'll, I'll use a pencil, I'll doodle with a biro, but I'm, at the moment I'm collecting um, fountain pens. I've been collecting them for about five years now I think and I have this massive collection and everyone has a different coloured ink so it's always pens because with a pen you know and it doesn't have to be my pens I've got lovely paint pens I use those I use all sorts but pens yeah what is the most meaningful handmade project you've created I think it's my diary I've never kept a diary in my life, never kept a journal or a, no, not writing. Mm -hmm. When my mum died and I wrote on that thing, that was the first time I'd ever written and ev the gates opened and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. But I created the diary because it had, you could, it could be quite normal on one side and then I had an art journal type thing on the other side. And I work backwards. On a Monday, I usually do the past week and I pick and I, and I put the little things in as well. I don't just, it's not about the big things in life. And I think those, looking back, they're so meaningful and my grandchildren love to look at them. And I wish I'd known the little things about my mum. So I write what books I read, what, you know, what tea I did on different things. Like, there's nothing major in there, but... They're so, they're so meaningful to me. I, I don't look back in my art journals. I never go backwards. I never really look. I, I, I just do my art and I move on. But those diaries, I do. And, oh, yeah. And they've got art in as well as, 
Yeah. So I think <laughs> the combination they, of both. Uh, yeah. And I think they will be handed down. Absolutely. From the generations. Your family will yeah. appreciate so I those think, so much. I think they're probably the most meaningful to me. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. great. And then lastly, what is the most meaningful handmade gift you've received from someone else? The most meaningful. I was a daddy's girl. I was a daddy's girl. And my dad... Um, throughout whatever he worked he always he was a woodworker so he always did carpentry and unfortunately he got Parkinson's disease when he was age 42 he was very very young and he really struggled he really you know struggled so um he couldn't make the wonderful stuff that he did so he started making uh boxes little wooden boxes and and then he really struggled it was a big effort and I've got a lot of those I've got a lot of those of his around the house um so I was I was, was going to say boxes and then I just remembered um he also made me a crib for oh. um I don't know if you call it a crib for my nativity I collect nativity sets okay and he made me um and it was really bad for him and he was he was going to throw it away and it was getting frustrated and I said I love it and he said do you really and he did, and then he gave me that so it comes out every year and it has straw in it and uh, yeah, like the crib. That yeah. is so special. So, yeah. Anything from made from our parents. Any, their yes, hands, you know, anything. really does. My mum didn't really, um, she wasn't, my mum didn't have any confidence and she didn't really make things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but the things I love most from my dad were the things that he thought weren't good enough. Oh. They, to me, they mean... Yeah, it gives me goosebumps. More. I just love that. <laughs> well, thank you, Diane, for spending time with us today. It was such a joy to talk to you. I always learn so much and come away so inspired. So thank you. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. And listen to your podcasts in your headphones. And oh, get that's your right. Doodling. While you're get working. Your, yes. And it, do, you don't have idea. to doodle. It can be anything. Yeah. Just, just do it and enjoy. Very good. Thank you. We sure appreciate Diane speaking with us today and for being so open with us and sharing her story. I know that so many of us can relate to her and I just love how art has truly helped her through difficult times. She is so inspiring and brings hope to everyone who hears her story. I really recommend checking out her classes on scrapbook.com too. You will love them. You can find links to all of the products and resources we mentioned in this episode in the show notes. And you can go to scrapbook.com slash podcast for more information as well. Scrapbook.com carries over 40,000 unique items and is the number one online store for paper crafters. When you shop at scrapbook.com, you'll enjoy award-winning customer service, great prices, a huge selection of products, and super fast shipping. You also benefit from nearly 200,000 real product reviews from crafters like you. You'll find endless inspiration and meaningful connection in the scrapbook.com forum and gallery, and you can even take free online classes too. Be sure to subscribe to the Life Handmade podcast in your favorite app and enjoy our other episodes. Happiness is life handmade. <laughs>